welcome to the We've All Done It podcast. If you are struggling with some toxic work BS, you, my friend, are in the right place. Office politics are hard, and sometimes we are the fun and dysfunction. I am Kimberly Benoit, your host and author of We've All Done It, getting real about the role we each play in a toxic workplace. With over 20 years of leadership experience, and yes, my own toxic missteps, I will be joined by leaders just like you and I to explore common leadership situations that every leader finds themselves in at some point in their career. We discuss lessons learned in a judgment-free space because no matter how it feels, we aren't alone in our struggles. We all have our own BS and we can support and learn from each other. Welcome back, everybody. I am elated to have you back so that we can talk about the second secret or the second part of my how to have a highly engaged team. So in the first part, just quick recap, if you haven't, go back and listen to it. But in the first uh, episode, we covered the concept of concern, um, talking about how you are showing up um, credibly about saying that you genuinely are 100% interested in connecting with your team, not just with your words, but your actions and your nonverbal behaviors when you're with your team. Because sometimes we can unintentionally shoot ourselves in the foot when we have great intention, but our nonverbals give off the wrong impression or our actions just aren't living up to who we want to be and who we're aspiring to be. So go back and listen to the first episode if you haven't, because that's really the foundation for what we're coming back with in the second step. Um, And again, I just want to come back to that this is about basics right? So, you know, it's not about the pizza and the donuts and those are great, but those are very performative actions. These are not what we, it's not, that's not what's going to get us the engagement that we truly seek. It really comes down to the small behaviors that you and I as leaders do every single day and how we interact with our teams. So let's go to number two. So number two is all about communication. So once you have that foundation set up and you are having those regular touch points with each person on your team, let's focus about what you're going to actually talk about. Um, I know it's very important. Like usually it ends up, some people, unfortunately, only end up talking to their team. I've actually had some leaders say, I really only talk to my team, my team members twice a year for their mid-year review and their annual review. Woo, that's a hard no. Like that's, you're never going to have engagement if that's your structure. So let's start there. But once you get in front of your team, what are you actually talking about so that you are setting yourself up for success and you're also setting your team member up for success? So basics. When I say basics, I mean basics. So do you know their job? Do you know exactly what they do? what where their job description is. And I'm even going to go so far as, do you know their name? I have worked with people who have struggled with their leaders because their leaders mispronounce their name on a regular basis. So when I say basics, I mean basics. Do you know their name? Do you know their job? Do you know how long they've been in the role? Do you know how long they've been at the company? 
Maybe this isn't their first role with the company. This could be their second, third, fourth, fifth job. They may be somebody who is, you know, on an interesting professional path. Do you know this about them? Um, I would say, notice I'm focusing primarily on things that are professional in nature. I would encourage you to, if they want to share things about their personal life, make them feel comfortable to share whatever they want. You know, understanding what is their home life like could be helpful as well. Um, But some people aren't very comfortable about sharing things, especially if they don't feel there's trust. And again, going back to the first episode, if you don't have trust, it's going to be impossible for you to ever have engagement. So they have to be able to trust you in order to tell you very personal and private things. I will be the first to admit that I don't necessarily trust easily. Um, When I'm in a new situation or when I'm working with people, I don't really know. So I'm probably not going to be as candid about what's going on in my personal life uh, in those situations. But as that trust grows, I will tell you more about what's happening in my life. The only times I'll usually share anything is if I believe it's going to affect my work. So be prepared and be respectful of what everyone chooses to share. You might have some people who come in there and they literally want to tell you their entire life story. Awesome. You may have some people who show up and literally only want to tell you what they what they feel you need to know in order to show up and do their job. That's okay too. You have to make space for that both ends of the spectrum and anything in between. Um, and again, this is where you should start. So if the, if you're sitting here saying, Kim, this is like, beginner 101. Yes, it is. And I want to reiterate why this is important because I have heard from people that their leaders don't do these things, or this is information their leaders don't know. And so I want to just say it again, is if you're looking for an engaged team, they have to feel like you know them. Like, you know, their name, you can speak to their, what they're doing, their performance. You can advocate for them. So if there's roadblocks, which is usually what leaders are meant to do, is to help navigate any kind of workplace challenge or any kind of potential political landmine, a leader can't effectively do that if they have no idea who you are and they don't have any idea what you're doing. So as a leader, take the time. And as I like to say, because I think this is really important, write it down. Um, we are, our attention spans have gotten shorter. There's research that shows this, our beautiful social media for all the wonderful things that it does in our life also has made our attention span shrink substantially. You're not going to remember things. So let me just encourage you right out of the gate. And I would discourage you from using electronics to do this. So don't, Don't open that laptop and start typing because that's when the notifications come rushing in. (sighs) And we already talked about that in episode one, right? So what are these nonverbals? What is that communicating to our team? Um, So what I encourage you to do, and I do this, is I always have have a notebook and I usually have like a page per person and, and I just keep notes and I date them so that way it's easy for me to be able to reference back. Well, when did we have this conversation? Did we have this conversation? I remember us talking about this. And, you know, because 
again, we have so much happening in our world. We have so much that is begging for our attention. It's impossible for you to remember everything and the details. So as they, when, as, just like when you go to the doctor, they have your medical record, have some documentation for you with your team. Make it easy for yourself. Because I know when I go to the doctor and I walk in and they remember my name and they remember specifics about our last appointment, it's because it's in that file. And it makes it easier for them to then, for us to then jump into really important things because we're not having to backtrack and cover the basics again. Same thing with your team. They, it, It's okay. Take the notes. Keep a record. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, And if you want to convert them to an electronic note afterwards, great. But do whatever you can to avoid the distraction of email notifications, text notifications, be present. Going to keep pushing that message. You want to be 100% present with that team member in that time frame. The other thing, so once you get those basics down and you feel like you really have them and you know each member of your team, you know who they are, you know what they do, you know what projects they're working on, then go take it another level. Like, let's go another layer. So you, this is where you can start having big questions about understanding what are their goals? like professional goals, what's most important to them professionally, what motivates them, what demotivates them. Um, This is so foundational in, again, how you create your engagement strategy. And so let me give you some examples. So first and foremost, um, if you've listened to my podcast, I've had Erin Dallas on and she's actually going to be on again and I'm really excited, but she is very adamant that professionally she has no desire to ever be in leadership. She loves the job she does. She wants to continue to grow and be challenged in her role, but she has no desire to be leader, to be in leadership in that way. That is not the norm. So leaders often make the mistake and assume, which again, dangerous word, assume that people just want to keep climbing that corporate ladder. That's not the case for everybody. But you won't know that unless you ask them what their goals are, what's important to them, right? So in order to create a good professional development plan, in order to be able to advocate correctly for your team, not just in the work they're doing, but potentially for professional growth, you need to know these things in order to be able to advocate and create opportunities for your team, right? Because like, so for Aaron, if you, if somebody came up and said, hey, we want to put you in like a leadership development program, that is going to demotivate her because that's not what she's interested in. But if you put her in a program or participate in something else that ties directly to the current job she has, she's going to feel like you get her, you value her, and you want to help her grow. So you have two very different paths there. Another example I want to give, um, just because I think this is more relevant to a lot of people, not that the the first one example wasn't, but I have had team members that were big introverts, hated to be put on display. Um, so when it came to recognition, so when job well done, um, those kind of things, I had some people who were like, you better acknowledge me in front of the team. I want claps. I want like, I want rah-rah and cheering, all the things. I also had team members who were like, do not make me stand up in front of people. 
I will hate you if you do that. Like, I don't, I don't like being the center of attention. Just print me out a pretty little, some kind of recognition document or, you know, write me a nice email. I think you need to know these things because again, engagement is the whole picture. Engagement is when I show up, do I feel that this environment gets me, supports me and respects me? And this is part of that. So how you then can recognize and support your team individually or to collectively, you can find different ways to do that. It's all around making you a smarter leader and how you're communicating and showing up, right? And again, it is showing your team through your actions and your words that you actually care and that you want to meet them where they are and so that they are showing up as their best version. Um, So again, it's about just don't assume. I've had leaders say to me, oh, I know my team. And they may, there's always some assumptions made there. And, but, you know, with shockingly like turnover is a problem, you know, they can't retain people, but they know their team. I would argue you probably don't. So if you're having issues with engagement, if you're having issues with retention, I would challenge any assumption you have by, with your team members, I would start, I would go back to the beginning and start some very basic conversations. Um, and if you need to set aside, this as separate from when somebody needs to come in and just talk about work and, or a project or status updates about what they're doing, make this a specific targeted conversation so that you are dedicating the time to really get to know them so that you can create the right engagement strategy and plan the right professional development plan. Um, that's a whole separate topic, but that is the that is a key component to creating an engaged team is that each team members feel you're invested in their growth. So these are the foundational components for that to happen. You need to know these pieces and parts. Um, and also in these conversations is where you can start to surface where there might be things going on in the team you don't know about, especially when you get into the areas of what motivates you, what demotivates you. There may be some things going on outside of your purview that are creating a culture on your team that you don't actually know about nor support. So have the conversations, get some information, and then take action on what you're hearing. So uh, last thing I want to leave you with is because I know sometimes leaders get very anxious about having conversations, um, particularly around like professional development and what inspires you. Well, I want to make a lot of money. I want to get promoted. These conversations do not equate to promises. And I would encourage you, especially if you're a new leader and you haven't had these conversations with your team, is to think back on good leaders. Hopefully, you've had a good example in your career path. But, you know, you're not making promises that people are going to get promoted or XYZ is going to happen. These conversations are simply so that you can understand who they are, so that you can advocate for them as accurately as possible. And also, we can you can have better conversations as things continue to progress um, throughout the year, the term, you know, th- th- throughout time in making sure they're getting what they need from you and you can then ask different questions of them. Um, so just because it's you surface a bunch of stuff doesn't mean you're making promises to go do anything. 
be careful of that language. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's how, it's how you are asking good questions. It's what you're doing with the information and it's how you're continuing to show up. All right. So that's the end of number two. Again, if you haven't seen the first episode related to concern, go check that out. Um, I'm super excited. So we have our last secret coming up in the next recording, and I really hope you'll find it helpful. Um, Again, it's really just around simple things we do every single day. It's simple things we do in each of our conversations and interactions. And the more we can be aware of how we show up in each of those moments, the quicker we can take action to really start to change the tide on a team that doesn't have the culture you aspire to have, right? Um, All right. So with that, I just, again, want to say thank you for giving me the time, your time and your ears. I never take it for granted and just encourage you um, if this is something that's interesting to you or you have team members who are really struggling with this, just my email is attached, you know, just send me an email. Let's talk because this is the stuff that makes or breaks teams. This is the stuff that makes or breaks companies. So let's get this right. It's, it's, we can do it together. You don't have to do it all by yourself. All right. I'll see you soon with the third secret. Until next time, take care. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of We've All Done It. I know your time is valuable. That's why I'm for as little BS as possible. Hopefully today's episode has sparked some new ideas for you. If you would like to learn more about the We've All Done It leadership framework or how to work with me, please check out my website at KimberlyJBenoit.com. Until next time.